1: and subscribe to the podcast.
0: Hi, and welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I am David.
1: And I'm Sherry. And today we're going to talk about a concept that I came up with many years ago, and it just has grown and a lot of fleshing out that's happened over over time. And David and I have been talking about it and fleshing it out even more. Um, the concept is that we can't heal when we're in battle. So I use this as we talk uh, to people who have been hurt, right? It's just like being a, a war vet, right? Or someone actually in battle, right? We don't expect people to heal from PTSD, While they're still on the battlegrounds being shot out. Right. right? It's just not going to happen. They have to be able to come home, have some safety around their lives, and then be able to work through what they've experienced and heal from those experiences. Right. How does that look emotionally?
0: Right. Which is usually where you find yourself in an office like this doing therapy. Mm Mm-hmm. Sometimes, though, there is physical violence in relationships, and in right. those cases, it's the same concept of we really can't work towards healing if there is still any kind of violence. And often in those cases, there needs to be a separation. There needs to be just um, a cessation of that sort of behavior before we can even begin to look at The relationship and what do we want to do, and for the person to feel good enough about themselves to know what they need to do.
1: Right. I love that. Yes, because when you're getting constantly hammered, you often lose your ability to understand what you need.
0: Right. And so, in cases of physical violence, that has to cease for the relationship to move forward. In cases of emotional abuse, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's far more common and where most people find themselves that we meet with and talk to. So what does that look like? Right. What does the battle look like? If we had to define the battle, what would that mean? I think it would mean that there can't be um, fighting or attacks on the person's character or, or worth in the relationship. So mm-hmm. often you see couples who... There's a lot of contempt, there's a lot of name-calling, there's a lot of just hurt and discussions, talking that isn't meant for understanding or coming together. Right. But it's just expressing frustration and anger.
1: Yeah, just unloading on the other person. Just unloading in Mm -hmm. a very
0: hurtful way. Yeah. And the idea is to try to help each other to feel better. And right. to feel loved, that's the healing, that's the reconciliation, and often the emotional abuse, which, you know, we hear this a lot. Yeah. What does that mean? I think that's fair to talk about, too. Technically, yes. what does emotional abuse mean? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if I've looked up the definition recently. Really, by definition, everybody's emotionally abusive. It would only right. take hurting someone's feelings, in a sense, to be emotionally abusive. Yeah, But. And
1: then- intentionally moving towards some of those spaces yeah mm-hmm.
0: but i think there definitely is a lot of emotional abuse occurring in relationships where we are unloving and mm. unsupportive of what the other person is trying to do yeah. or trying to feel and so
1: so there's a big grace s- scale right like is. this isn't a you're doing it or you're not and i think that moves into then what does it mean to not be in battle versus to be in battle if it's this huge continuum rather than a one or a zero right right you are or you're not and i think going to take a step back real quick to say going to if we're talking about whether or not, you're safe enough to move forward. If you look at like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? The very bottom is just your ability to be physically safe. And so when we talk about physical abuse, we're talking about, yes, like you need to be physically safe or all your time and your energy and effort are going to go into trying to control the environment in order to create physical safety. Right then when you talk about, so emotional abuse, the same concept is true. If you are in a situation where you are down on that darker end of the scale, right, where all of your energy and effort is being put towards trying to create emotional safety, trying to be okay control the situation, control, walk on eggshells, trying Mm -hmm. to make sure everything's all right, then you're not going to have emotional energy or energy at all to put toward emotional healing of yourself or with your partner for that relationship to grow.
0: So basically you're still in battle.
1: Yes. You're still in this emotional battle, constantly trying to provide for your safety. Right. Now that can feel fairly overwhelming. If you're in a situation where you don't totally feel like you can get out of it, right? I have clients who are being emotionally abused, but don't feel like they have the capacity to leave, Mm -hmm. whether, you know, financial reasons or, you know, whatever else is in that. So does that automatically mean, well, you're out, you can't heal, you can't You're just stuck forever. And the answer is no, again, because also that healing space is that gray Mm -hmm. area. It's that continuum. So the more that you're, they're opposite ends of things. So the more that you're in an emotionally or physically abusive situation, the less that you're able to heal. And so we want to talk about what it looks like to create space, even if you are or create boundaries in which you can step out of. So we take we're, we talk a lot about boundaries and creating space right. as a really great boundary. And this is why you're literally creating space from the battle in order to heal.
0: You're leaving the battle, mm-hmm. right? And that's the only way you're going to heal.
1: Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean I'm 100% out of the relationship because someone hurt my feelings. Right right? There's again, a gradation of how you set those boundaries and that space around yourself, but you do need to remove yourself from the battle Mm -hmm. in order to heal.
0: Yep. And I want to bring up a point for guys who maybe are in sexual addiction. In order for your spouse to begin healing, this is just one more plug, I guess, for being completely honest As long as there's continued deceit or hiding or keeping secrets, it keeps your spouse in the battle as it were. Yes. And so one really important consideration is as long as there is any of that behavior, she's stuck. Yes. Um, you have to start being honest for healing to even begin to take place Mm -hmm. because without that, You're just sort of in a holding pattern and, you know, maybe you can be in a holding pattern for a while, but eventually everybody's going to get worn out.
1: Yeah. Eventually there's going to need to be more space and more space and more space. Until. In order, yes, for them to be able to heal and be okay until eventually it pushes you over the edge of the relationship.
0: Right. So just one more plug for... As soon as you can, commit to complete honesty.
1: Yes. And the openness and the willing. We talk about the how acronym, and I think all three of those are critical yeah. spaces. If you want to create safety and remove the battle for your spouse, honest, open, and willing. So when you're not open... And you're withholding things, or you don't, you know, you're shutting down around mm-hmm. things. If you're not really willing to take some of the steps that that create uh, a gentle playing field rather than a battlefield, mm-hmm. then that is going to keep them in the battle. Right. So gaslighting, dishonesty, uh, resentment, resisting any type of like shifts or changes that are recommended by your therapist or by your recovery program, those kinds of things, they're going to see that resistance to moving out of the battlefield and into a healthy playing field. Yep. Okay. So let's talk about the spouse or whoever it is that's being hurt in whatever way. So this is applicable in couple relationships, this is applicable in friendships, this is applicable in family, extended family in-laws, you know, all the different situations, right, that we think about as being hard relationship situations. And look at how do you step out of the battlefield? Because again, that can feel very overwhelming. Like, well, I'm stuck with my in-laws, or I'm stuck with my spouse, at least at this point, Mm because it's not bad enough to walk away from the relationship. But I'm continuing to get hurt. What do I do? And that is where boundaries come in. And if you haven't listened to our Myriad episodes on boundaries.
0: Some good ones.
1: (laughs) And there will be many more, I'm sure. Please take time to go and listen to those. One of the concepts that we talk about in those is that space is one of the best boundaries Mm -hmm. that you have. And that can look like physical space or emotional space. And, you know, we can start at one end and do something small and create some emotional space for ourselves. And then if that's not working in the relationship and we are, can still continue to be in battle, then we increase that a little more, a little more Then maybe we start adding physical space eventually. And you know, it can go all the way to the the point in which we don't have contact with someone. Right. right? Yep. I feel like in society we jump to that really quickly a lot of times it's like oh they're toxic they're out of my life i'm never engaging with them again <laughs> right yeah We definitely have that the toxic buzzword and so we just cut them out and that's not actually what we need to be doing <laughs> all the time right there's a lot of emotional space yep Along the way that we can create and different levels of that and even different levels of physical space that don't involve completely cutting someone out of our life entirely. And I'm not saying that that's not necessary in some circumstances. I don't think we're saying that at all, but there's different stages to that progression. Right. And if you've never set boundaries before, we don't necessarily need to jump to what some people refer to as a boundaries explosion and jump to like completely (laughs) cutting them out of your life.
0: Boundaries explosion.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Which is well intentioned because this idea of protecting myself can come on strong. Mm -hmm. You can uh, do a retreat or talk to friends and you are all aboard. I'm taking care of me now and come home and boundaries explosion. Yes. Which is reasonable,
1: makes sense. Yes. And if you do that, you're not a bad, wrong, horrible (laughs) person, right? It's just as we, if you think about a pendulum swinging back and forth, and if you've been at one side, stuck to the extreme of one side, and you let go of that, you will likely swing to the other side, right? right? And over that. So as we're as you're noticing that, maybe you've noticed, okay, I think I might be have a boundaries explosion in this area, I might need to step it back a little bit, not just completely cut them off forever, but find maybe a, a more central space. And this takes a lot of work. Creating space and boundaries in a really healthy way takes a lot of work.
0: It does, in a healthy way, Mm -hmm. because the boundaries explosion is easier. Right. And so to find a balance, like Sherry is talking about, will take a lot more work.
1: Mm -hmm. And constant evaluation and understanding of how you've shifted and changed, how they may have shifted and Mm -hmm. changed. Are they more open now? Are they not? Where is that level of sufficient removal from battle without it being perfect 100%, maybe, right? right, Because none of us are. So without, but enough and sufficient that you can then as as a couple move forward together or that there's enough space that you as an individual can move forward and progress and heal and do your work, even if your partner or the other people in your life are not currently doing that.
0: Right. But this work will pay off because if you find a better balance, your partner will be a lot more motivated. The -hmm. boundaries explosion just tends to push them away and feel like there's no hope, total despair. This is never going to work. I've done something I can't come back from. But finding better boundaries and a better balance keeps them in the game, you could say. And they feel like this is something we can figure out.
1: Yes, and it's not. that's not why you're doing it. You're not trying to do it to change them, right? Because when you do that, you're stepping out of a boundary into trying to manipulate them into doing what you want, right? But what it does is it completely opens the door to an invitation for them to be okay themselves and treat you in a more healthy and appropriate way because if you'll remember from our other episodes, boundaries are you teaching other people how to treat Mm -hmm. you and be respectful toward you. So it invites the space of them treating you with more respect and therefore being able to move forward as, as a couple and additionally invites them to shift themselves into a more healthy space.
0: Right. Yes.
1: So it's this, this beautiful invitation as you actually It sounds funny, right? You're creating space to actually create more cohesion and closeness. Yes.
0: But there's a lot of dichotomies, aren't there, in life?
1: Yes. Right? Yeah.
0: I mean, all of of addiction recovery is surrender to victory. Yeah. There is so many things that are like that. But this is a good process. And we talk about, we've mentioned, you know, in a relationship, our job is to be loving and to communicate clearly mm-hmm. and to hold boundaries. We've talked about that in past episodes. So this is part of the communicating clearly part. Yes. Is being able to find balance and creating space as needed so that you can leave the battle and enter. I In my brain, I see like a battlefield and like the white tents on the side or something. And this is where oh, yeah. you go when you're injured and you're mm-hmm. out of the battle. And... The other side does not target these areas does not target these white tents because they know that either whatever side you're on that's for healing yes and i like that idea
1: yeah i like that as well so when you move into that tent then into that area for healing where you're regrouping where you're going through your wounds and taking care of those So what does that space of healing look like? And that looks like self-care. Self-care. Yes. And we are going to do an episode on self-care. So this is a concept that we're bringing in, these other concepts that we want you to go listen to all of those episodes on. So go and listen to the Boundaries episode. Learn how to go through that process of evaluating, where am I? What do I need to create emotional and or physical space? Mm -hmm. Not so that I'm completely cutting out, in some instances, the person, but I'm working within that middle ground to find a space that I can then devote time and energy and effort to my healing.
0: And it should probably be pointed out maybe that this isn't because you're weak or you're not doing something right that you need the time and space to heal. Mm -hmm. Maybe some of you are feeling like, well, if I was strong enough, I wouldn't need to take time and space. And it feels a little odd perhaps to be, uh, doing that intentionally. But if you don't take time and space and you won't get what you need to heal, how are you going to continue to show up in this relationship?
1: Right or perhaps more importantly for yourself, Mm -hmm. right? We want to be able to have these, you know, connecting relationships, but we also need to be connected to ourselves. And if you are so injured that you cannot walk, you cannot run, you cannot do life, then you need to be taking that time in that healing tent for yourself. And sometimes we do, we get in that. And I certainly have been there in my own life where I'm limping along with this broken leg, trying to walk on it. Like, (laughs) I can do it. I can make it. I can, you know, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. But I'm not really living in the reality of what's happened, right? In those moments. And being, again, being worth your own time and your own energy to heal those wounds will make massive differences in what you are able to bring to the table for yourself and for every other relationship that you are in. Yep. So do the hard and intense work of healing to provide that. So create the space and do that intense work. It's kind of like putting yourself, uh, as my mom would say, putting yourself in it in uh, emotional intensive care. Yeah. And I love that concept because what does that concept mean when you're in intensive care for physical ailments, right? You are doing nothing but healing In that space, you're not going to work. You're not like taking care of kids. You're not, you know, doing all of these other things in your life. You're not making dinner for the neighbors, right? You are 100% focused on your healing. And now, in a lot of these situations, again, it's this scale uh, of of where you are. Um, It's not a I'm doing 100% only healing or not, right? But we wanna create space in your life to be able to focus on that healing. So we're gonna talk about that in the next episode. We talk about self-care and and some of the other healing things that you'll want to be doing. Yep. So we'll see you there. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at Talking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.